Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And... Action. Hello, poppers, and welcome to our end of day one Phoenix Film Festival coverage. We just got out of Imperfect, or if you prefer, I'm Perfect, a completely Arizona-made film made by actually quite a few of Tuesday's friends. So with that said, I want to get your thoughts and reactions first. Well, I can't say I'm not biased, <laughs> but <laughs> the first thing I thought when we were discussing this review was I thought it was very interesting. Some like some of the camera angles that he had decided on, some of the dialogue he had decided on. Um, you know, there's some going into the past, which was, I, I thought, super interesting. Um, very similar to the other movie we saw today, where, you know, you're kind of jumping back and forth a little bit mm -hmm. uh, between times, uh, I think was done very well. Acting was absolutely amazing. I can't imagine working with kids is the easiest, <laughs> but all of them were just amazing. And I know, you know, this is a very homegrown, uh, you know, he used local actors. You could clearly see things like the Valley Ho and like a lot of our desert landscaping um, in the movie, which was so nice to see because films are always done in LA and in New York and we know what those look like. But for it to really have like this hometown feel was really, really refreshing. Um, it's hard for me to say, I don't think it was the best thing we saw today, but I think it was very well done and I was trying to like figure out what was going on uh, through it all and how this past person tied with this new life he had and, and it definitely gave me a lot of questions. Um, of course, all of those were answered, but you know, it definitely kept me on my toes trying to figure out what was going on, which I loved, because most of the time, you know, you, you know what's going on in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, sure. it's like, oh, well, yeah, I know, the chick probably dies at the end, because, you know, people just set out these simple plots, and they're very easy to recognize, but this one was not. No, no, and I guess we should, we should kind of describe the film in and of itself. It's set in some sort of, like, near future. Correct. There uh, was definitely some digital um, like some special effects that were done uh, for example phones and laptops are now completely see-through and clear uh, which that um, whoever he had on his design team for that was amazing yeah, it's like definitely like Star Trek feeling it was really Absolutely. cool really cool and the whole premise of the film was actually I found totally compelling the idea of engineering the perfect kid which actually kind of played second fiddle to what the real story was about it was a story about a man you know trying to if you will engineer the perfect life but he has mistakes from the past that come back and haunt him and I I just like you said everything was really compelling about it. I in a way wish things had gone a bit deeper the whole idea of having being able to genetically engineer people are we're able to unzip DNA now and change things on and off, and they're they're experimenting with this in the labs, um, and in apparently I don't know I think in China they're actually doing it on human embryos now. So yeah, that that the concept is not is far now. Off. Yeah, 
that's what was super interesting is like it really it's talking about something that could legitimately be around the corner mm-hmm. um, and even the ethical concept of what is okay and what is not with mm-hmm. that too um, is super interesting because you know some people it's you know eye color but some of these questions they had for your perfect child was just almost scary you know how obedient do you want them to be you know and stuff that I wouldn't even have thought um but you know think of a you know 92 page questionnaire on what you want your perfect child to be and that's what I saw Mm -hmm. from it and it's kind of a terrifying concept but um you know again it was all about you know that relationships and even though you're trying to perfectly engineer your life you, you can't get there I'd say uh, there was only one thing that I was really disappointed in, and it was the sound mixing. Uh, me having a radio ear, you could pick up every single background noise. There was a scene when he was meeting with the his old flame, if you will, in the restaurant, and you could hear all the background conversations. You could hear the clinking in a glass of ice, and yet there was no glass of ice on their table. And I was just like, I can't hear what they're saying. It was driving me crazy. So I'm like, if, if I had any critique, I'd be like, just work on the sound mixing. You don't need every ambient sound in the background. And also there was a few shots that were so dark you couldn't see their faces. So I was like, I I don't know where to look. I don't know who's talking. Yeah, and I, it, devil's advocate, you also think, was that meant to be there? Mm-hmm. True. You know, yeah. was, was there meant to be distraction in this? There's, mm-hmm. you know, the, when he's meeting with his old flame and all you see is in the window, you see this boy playing. And it kind of, it, it's just this very interesting ideas and angles and concepts. But mm-hmm. I definitely noticed the same thing. You know, if a motorcycle goes by, you hear it. You know, <laughs> so it's almost very real life, but it can also be super distracting. Yeah, but overall, definitely a great film. Uh, definitely would like to see more work like this done in Arizona. So major props to everyone involved in imperfect slash I'm perfect. Yes, thank you for putting Arizona back on the map. Amen. Stay tuned for the rest of our coverage here on Popcorn Fan Film Reviews.